for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. You got the words down to this? I do not. No. I, do I know not. our next guest does. Indeed he does. He's Ted Glover, Daily Norseman. It's the Vikings on the road. The six versus three, seven and a half, eight is the point spread. Drew Brees is the quarterback for the other team. Kurt Cousins. Well, we'll see. Ted, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Ted Glover? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Hey, roll that twice on again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we've got an opportunity to play it again next week, uh, Ted. I just don't get the sense we're going to, for whatever reason. I, I, I just, I, I don't know what it is. I, there's a lot of reasons. Xavier Rose being one of them, and his decline. I think Thielen is not the same guy before his hamstring. Kurt Cousins in in a big spot has never worked out well, and I'm. I'd love to see, obviously, the Minnesota move on, but boy, oh boy, this is a tough hill to climb, Ted. Don't you feel that way? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, uh, why even play the game, I guess? Just force it and don't even bother going down. Uh, um, it, it is, but, you know, I talking, you know, writing this week and, and doing the podcast and stuff, there's, there's some things that stick out that make me think the Vikings kind of have a chance. For one, the last three times they've played the Saints, they played them really tough. They've won two or three. Of course, you had the, the Minneapolis Miracle in 2017. And, and last year they played them on Sunday Night Football, and they lost the game 30-20. to 20. But if you look at that game, they were, they were in control right up until right before halftime. Adam Thielen had a fumble uh, inside the, the Saints 20 that was returned. Uh, inside the Vikings 20 and the Saints, where it looked like the Vikings were going to go up at least 16-10, to 10, if not 20-10, to 10, going into the locker room. All of a sudden now, the, the Saints took the lead, uh, and it just sort of changed the entire complexion of the game. And then you had that, that pick six late in the third quarter that sort of sealed it. So the Vikings, you can argue, you know, kind of beat themselves in that game. And I, I just, I just, everybody says this game is going to be a blowout and the Vikings don't have a chance. And I, I don't, I don't really see that. I, I'm not saying the Vikings are going to win, you know, when you, but I, I think the Vikings have a chance. And I, I I think Mike Zimmer is really playing this this disrespect card. You know, you had that, that playoff video the NFL put out with the Vikings and the Eagles weren't in it. And Cam Jordan's been been kind of talking a lot on, on, like, the Rich Eisen show. There's, there's a lot of motivation for the Vikings to come out and do well this weekend. So we'll see what happens. Of course, the health of Dalvin Cook, and he says he's going to be 100%. We won't know until we actually, I think, see him out there on the field. But... The Saints have been banked up out front. A couple of their starters have been really injured there. The back end also, both safeties uh, were limited participants earlier this week here. It feels like an opportunity to slow this game down. Don't get in a shootout. Don't be first one to get to 30 wins this one, but control it with the ground game. Get it going there. If that happens, is that kind of the blueprint for success in your mind for the Vikings? I think so. I, I don't know that Dalvin Cook has to go for 150 yards, although that would be fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if you look at the Saints, they're, they're a top-five run defense in the NFL, but they give up over four yards of carry. Is that because teams are behind and they have to pass or, or what? Mm. But, but you you can run on the Saints. It, it, the teams just don't do it a whole lot. So if, if the Vikings can keep it in, like, a manageable second and four, third and two, those kind of situations, they can be successful. That keeps their whole playbook open. You know, you talked about Adam Thielen, who I think is healthy. They just really haven't. Um, well, he didn't play last week. You know, the uh, Kirk Cousins didn't play last week in their finale. I, I, I think, I think the Vikings have an opportunity for success. They just have to, they have to start out strong. I don't think you can start, you know, by going three and out, letting the defense um, give up an early score, and now all of a sudden you might be down by two scores and you're ten, fourteen, nothing in the first quarter. That place is going to get rocking. I, the Vikings need to control the tempo of that game. You're right, and I think they can. Um, it just it just needs to be something that they can't abandon early if it's if it's not going well. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you mentioned Cam Jordan. Uh, he's spouting off a little bit. Um, here's what worries me about that. I think he's clearly got the ability to back it up, uh, and he's going to have to do so against a Viking offensive line. But Ted, I've been all over the place with this with with the O line. There clearly, it's been a an Achilles heel for them over the years. They're certainly they looked like they were going to be better this year. I thought moving Elf line from center to left guard was a uh, uh, was a real stroke of not luck, but uh, just the fact that they were going to be. I thought he'd be better at the guard position. That always hasn't always been the case. Bradbury's a rookie. We forget that. I mean, no longer rookie. He's played a lot of games, but he's still. I uh, wonder if he's wearing down a little bit. Offensive line wise for Minnesota. Is it a concern for you? It is to me. Um, you know, the Saints are kind of banged up on the defensive line. You talked about Cam Jordan. He lines up primarily on the left side, which means he'll be going up against Brian O'Neill, O'Neal, who yeah. you could argue is the Vikings' best offensive lineman. It'll be a test for O'Neill, but he's only given up, I think, one sack in his entire career. So I, I think they'll move Jordan around, maybe try and get him lined up on Riley Reef, who's who struggled a little bit more against speed guys, but is still uh, hasn't had a, a bad year. I, the Vikings' offensive line is better. Yeah, they've, they've struggled at times, but I, I, other than that Packers game, um, that Monday night Packers game, they had been playing pretty well for the last three, four, or five games, all things considered. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough test, and, and that environment is going to make it, mm. make it tough to do, you know, adjustments on the line and, and calling out blocking schemes and assignments and all that. So, so we'll see. We'll see. It's, 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 a, it's a very big task ahead of them on Sunday for sure. Ted, what are they going to get out of Adam Thielen? He's been back, but... He hasn't been the Adam Thielen. Certainly, we've been used to. It's a good question. I, he says he's healthy. The Vikings say he's healthy, and, and the reason he just hasn't gotten into things is, is just the way the game has unfolded. Um, part of me buys that when you when you see him on film, it doesn't look like he's struggling physically. So, I, I would hope the Vikings have a plan for both Diggs and Thielen because they're going to need them both on yep. Sunday. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, they're also going to need Xavier Rhodes to to play like Xavier Rhodes of old, especially with Michael Thomas doing the damage. Well, he look, he does that week in week out, regardless who he's lined up against. He's one of the best in the league, as you know. Xavier Rhodes was that shutdown corner. Looks, it looked like he had a chance to you know to be that guy and to be that guy for you know a handful of years. He seems to really digressed in a rapid fashion, Ted. Uh, boy, I've been gloom and doom about this with you, and I apologize for that. But um, it just seems like Xavier Rhodes, they really need him to play like Xavier Rhodes of old, especially if it's Michael Thomas that he's trying to shut down. And Xavier Rhodes has not had a good year. 
No, he hasn't. And the one thing the Vikings have done, I don't know if you've noticed, if you pay attention to Vikings on a week-to-week basis, but they've started to rotate Mike Hughes and Holton Hill in more. I mean, neither, you know, you talk about Rhodes, Trey Wayne's hasn't had, he started out okay, but he's kind of uh, regressed as well. And in the last three, four games, they've, they've run in a, a lot more of, of Mike Hughes and Holton Hill. And collectively, I think the group is better. I don't think any one of them is particularly good to great, but with the constant shifting of personnel and, and the different way guys cover, I, I think it's it's helped um, it's helped on the outside somewhat. I but I absolutely agree that they they have better figure out a way to. I don't think you're going to stop Michael Thomas, right. especially with Drew Brees throwing him the ball, but but limit his big plays and and when the when the Saints get down into the red zone, the Vikings are a very good red zone defense. Um, if they can. You know, let the Saints get drive the field, but if they can hold them the field goals as opposed to, to touchdowns, they, they've got a chance. So we'll see what happens. Ted, I'm much more optimistic than Ken is. I think you can tell by our conversation here of the Vikings <laughs> being in this game in the fourth quarter. Uh, Patrick Royce, who I absolutely love up there with the Star Tribute, he had an article which I really, really enjoyed. It was talking about maybe some of the dichotomy between this team and the 1987 team that made that run to the NFC Championship. It started with their own game in New Orleans. They won that one, got to the NFC Championship game, and you know, of course, as you know well, Darren Nelson drops a pass against the Redskins, mm-hmm. or we might be talking about a Super Bowl team. Still, with all of that here, I love this roster. I think this team is still very talented, and I think a lot of people are, are putting a lot of stock into that one Monday night game against the Packers when it all went wrong here. I give them a shot here. What? Do you buy into this optimism that that I feel right now as a fan, or does some of those lingering doubts as a Vikings fan continue to creep in? I've said this from the beginning of the year. The Minnesota Vikings have one of the two or three most talented rosters in the NFL. Completely agree. Uh, um, when when they are playing well on both sides of the ball, and and they've done it in in brief tantalizing spurts throughout the year, but when they've done it, think back to the second half of that Denver game, for example. Um, they look unbeatable. Their problem, and it's been on both sides of the ball, is consistent. The defense is not the elite defense it was in 2017, but it's still pretty good. The offense isn't this train wreck it was in, in 2016 or just middle of the road in 2017. It's gotten better. So the defense has regressed. The offense has gotten a little bit better, but they're still overall pretty good units. I, I, do, I don't think the Vikings are going to get blown out. I, You know, the thing, the thing that comes down to it for me is consistency. Can they play good complementary football? If they can, they have a really good shot to beat New Orleans. If they can't, they're going to get run out of that stadium. I, I think it's it's that simple. If they get run out, Ted, Ted Glover from the Daily Norseman is our guest. If they get run out, is Zimmer... Uh, do the Wills have a decision to make with Zimmer, or is he good for another year? Because they've made the playoffs, uh, is he safe? That's a good question. I, I think if if the Vikings win, obviously he's not getting fired. Right. If they if they lose a close competitive game, I think he's good. If if they get if they get blown out like thirty eight seven like they did against Philly in the NFC Championship a couple years ago, it's going to be a very interesting couple days in Minnesota because you know there's these rumors about Dallas being interested in him and these. Yep. I thought they were just kind of these wild speculative you know trades similar to Dallas for draft picks or whatever. They're kind of, you know, when, when when I first saw it, there wasn't really any credible 
person that was was reporting it. But then Charles Robinson, a, a Yahoo, mm-hmm. mentioned about the Vikings really like Kevin Stefanski, and that's maybe not as far fetched as it seems. I, so I say that, but then the other part of me says, you know, look at what Zimmer's done and all the all the different trials and tribulations he's had since 2014 with Adrian Peterson's suspension, then Teddy Bridgewater getting his knee blown out, and then him almost losing an eye, and then losing Sam Bradford after he traded for I mean, just and that's just the tip of the iceberg. And he's won a lot of games in spite of all that. And he's tied it to hip contract-wise through 2020 with, with Rick Spielman, the GM, and Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins. So I, I, I think the ownership would, would like to get through 2020 with all three of those guys and then make an evaluation and either either stick with them or go in a completely different direction and, and start kind of a, a rebuild. But, I, man, if, if the Vikings get embarrassed on Sunday, I, I think anything's possible. Ted Glover from the Daily Norseman. Ted, great stuff. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. We hope, we hope, we hope, we hope uh, that we're talking about a Vikings team that's headed to San Francisco next weekend. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate you coming on. Me too. You bet, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you. Ted Glover uh, from the Daily Norseman. So who would have won that game? Darren Nelson doesn't drop the football. It's the Vikings and their three losses going up against the Broncos, who at the time, I think, that they lost three Super Bowls or two at the time. Two at the time, nineteen eighty-seven. So the eighty-eight Super Bowl. Yeah, what, that was uh, that was Doug Williams, right? Yes. I mean, would that game have ended? That was the first Super Bowl that had a tie. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine those two teams? Oh, I felt the, really good after the first fifteen minutes. Oh, I bet you did. Ten, Ten zip, nothing. Ten yeah. zip. Ten zip. That second quarter was a little different. Yeah, Timmy well. Smith. Timmy Smith of all people, really running for over two bills in the football game. That Vikings team was pretty. Yeah, salty. they had some dudes in the. They 80s, went in San Francisco. I remember that divisional game incredibly well. Mm-hmm. I'm, that season, I mean, this, this we're talking about the infancy of, of some of my sports fandom. Though I was a Bears fan, everybody around me was Vikings fan, so I watched those games they very had intently. Some good players. Only five teams made the playoffs back then. Uh-huh. They go to New Orleans, dominate New Orleans in the dome. Not a very good New Orleans team, but that win in San Francisco, where it was Wade Wilson, Tommy Kramer out there with the quarterback play, and and how Darren Nelson dropped that pass still to this day. Go back, go to YouTube. I forgot right all now. about it. I forgot all about it. Nineteen eighty-seven NFC Championship game. Just if you for the young people out there listening, the young Vikings fans, if you want more heartbreak, <laughs> look at that one because why would you do that to that him? game is going to overtime. They had everything going their way. Coin flip goes their way. Was it? Uh, who was the kicker? The uh, Rich Carlos, the guy that didn't wear a... For Denver. He, he was still the kicker there. Okay. Yeah. Fuad Revez? Might have been Donald Ikwe Bikwe? Good God. You're you're going deep. Excellent work. we got to get a timeout. Bama Bob will join us next as we take you... Uh, the Vikings don't have a shot, do they? I think You they, really believe I, they do? God, I hope you're right. I think this is going to be a good game. I hope so. hope they're all good games. I think we're uh, kind of... Laying a little out there. You, you know what? Your, your point is right on the money. It's the Green Bay game. That, that's... All right, welcome back. Miller and Con in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Take you up until noon. Let's spend, oh, 10, 12, 15 minutes or so. Talking college football, dotting eyes, crossing T's on the bull season. That it's uh, sadly what one today, 
One tomorrow. One tomorrow, one Monday, national championship game, see you in late August. FCS championship oh, game. Oh, that's next Saturday, is it not? And a good one. Nodak Indeed. State, James, James Madison. Madison. Should be good. James Madison could win that football game. It's a pick em. Is it a pick em? Is it really? Pick-em. Whoa, I didn't think that would be the case. Oh, let's get Bama Bob in here. As we'll go around college football, both coaches in the Egg Bowl jettisoned. <laughs> How about that, Bama? Here's the other thing, and a lot of people are pointing this out, and I couldn't agree more. Signing day has come and gone in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know if Mississippi State had it in the back of their mind that Joe Moorhead's not their guy, but they weren't going to say anything prior to getting those faxes or however they get those uh, commits uh, to come in. Um, those kids should be able to go wherever they want if indeed they think that um, you know that they, that they committed to Moorhead, and obviously he's no longer there. How are you? Yeah, I agree, Ken, and that's that's been a long-standing issue, uh, you know, especially with the early signing day. Not so much, you know, before because right. most you know coaching hires were made after the bowl season. Or, by the way, very impressive that Trent knows a line on an FCS game. By the way, um, <laughs> not when you know him, Bama. on brand. I'm, I'm not saying there's a problem here, but I'm just saying that's uh, very impressive. But yeah, I, I agree, and and this this was a uh, this seemed to be I don't think they had it in the back of their mind necessarily although this seems to stem from an off an on-field incident during practice where i guess there was a fight and their quarterback you know got his eye damaged and couldn't play in the ball game and um you know so i i can't imagine that it was just one incident like that but uh, listen for whatever reason it's you know it's two and done for him and and this Kenny, this to me is just the, the, the cautionary tale. We saw it at Arkansas. You know, they were flying high under Petrino. He has his incidents, and now they they are just rock bottom conference. I mean, Mississippi State, what, four or five years ago was ranked number one in the nation mm-hmm. under Dan Mullen with mm-hmm. Dak Prescott and, 10 and, 0. and that group. And yeah, Mullen leaves. Um, two years later, they're looking for the, their second coach since he left. Um, it, it's just one of those those tales of, of how, you know, a program can burn hot for a while, but it's not really, it can't really keep it up or establish it. So, uh, you know, Purdue, kind of the same thing, you know, under Jeff Brom. And we'll, I guess we'll see next year how that pans out. But they took a step back this year. Um, you know, a lot of programs like that. But very interesting, a lot of names being thrown about. Gene Chizik is a name that's been tossed out, yeah. believe it or not. I've seen it. Um, you know, Billy Napier from – you know, Louisiana Lafayette, or I guess just Louisiana now. Um, but he's a he's a guy that a lot of people are high on, kind of in the region. But real, very interesting. Uh, we know why Matt Luke was gone. Uh, <laughs> this one, I think, kind of caught some people by surprise. And oh, by the way, the new coach at Ole Miss is making some names yeah, with his say. hires. By the way, yeah, <laughs> you know, just hires the guy from Maryland that. <laughs> was run out of there for all kinds of stuff. But um, never boring, never dull in the SEC. There is no off-season, Ken. You may have one up there. We do not have an off-season in the SEC. Not at all. Well, the season ends for Tennessee last night. Vols come back, get the victory against Indiana. What a Didn't... game. It was really entertaining. It was. Yeah, that was a great football game. Six really cons- for, and a very underrated or under-the-radar, I guess, if you will. What sixty plus thousand people in the stadium? Was there that yeah. many? I mean, there? the Jaguars would kill for a crowd like that, for goodness' <laughs> sake. And I mean, a lot of buzz. You know, two teams that wind up eight and five, but Tennessee ends, I think, winning six straight. Mm-hmm. Maybe Indiana loses three in a row. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, good, good football game. 
two evenly matched teams, pretty underrated, uh, you know, flying under the radar at least. And but yeah, you're right. Turned out to be a really fun game, and good good for those programs going out and supporting those mm-hmm. supporting those two teams, and especially Tennessee, the way they started out, and you know. The only problem with that is now, baby. Let me tell you, expectations next year. You go eight and five this year. You're gonna have to go ten and two and compete in the East next year. And I just don't think they're at that point. But good job by Jeremy Pruitt. Um, you know, he was on the chopping block or on the hot seat for sure. Uh, you know, after that Alabama game and a couple other ones. But rallies the troops, and you know, we'll see where he goes from here if he can if he can sustain that. But the expectations next year. He probably would have been better off finishing six and six, seven and six, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you go eight and five, and they're going to want improvement on that next year. And I just, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, this uh, Tennessee program—they played well against Alabama earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. They play in the East. You're right in the right division to do it. What are the heights that are realistic, though? It doesn't have the same natural recruiting base as a lot of those more Southern teams. There, is it competing for? a conference championship every four years, five years. Is that even realistic anymore with Tennessee? That's a great question. And, I, you know, Peyton Manning really put that team. You know, they were they were on the, quote-unquote, on the map. They were a power in the conference, if you will, back when it was just the 10 teams or whatever it was. And, you know, in the, in the, old, the third Saturday in October, Neyland and, and Bear Bryant and Bill Fulmer and Steve Spurrier and all those. And then they really fell off. And I don't, I don't know now in the modern, the quote unquote modern, if you want to call it that, the last, the way things have shifted. There's certainly not enough players in the state of Tennessee, I don't believe, to, to field a, a conference champion. They can dip into Georgia. They can come down into Alabama and get some players. But, you know, just the way that it, it all goes back to, you know, if Florida's good and Georgia's good, it's going to be really hard. And they are. It's going to be very hard for Tennessee, in my opinion, to, you know, win year over year and, again, you know, establish that, hey, you know what, we're going to be competing for the SEC East every year. And I, I just don't know that, that they have that base, and that they, but the fans are going to expect it. I mean, you know, for whatever reason, they think they're, they're a national program, and I guess to some extent they are, but, you know, they're, they're, they're clearly third in the East pecking order they're probably behind three maybe four teams in the west in terms of profile and and everything else but you know it, it's just expectations it's, it is what it is and you know that when you take the job and um they, the thing that i like about them and i think their fans are going to like is that they they kept playing for jeremy pruitt they kept playing hard they kept competing even when they had some ugly losses early they they never gave up they never mailed it in um even you know, against you know the, the teams they were outmatched against, and you know they they were two and five and finished eight and five. I mean that that's that's impressive. And I don't, I know they were playing, you know Kentucky and Vanderbilt, who by the way Kentucky, you know another good another good nice win bowl win, yeah. yeah. And and you know lucky that quarterback was in the game. I'll say after the 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 pregame stuff, but yeah. you know Tennessee is. I think they're going to struggle to keep up with Georgia and Florida. I put it that way. It's probably the the best way to put it, but. 
the fans are not going to see it that way, and that's just the way it is down here. Uh, talking to Batman Bob, talking college football. Batman, I want to get into Tua in a minute because the decision, I guess, is going to come Monday in the well, the college football world is, is, is waiting for that and the trickle down that could come from it. I want to die because I don't want to run out of time on this one. I mentioned this to Trent earlier because we always talk about, you know, a bucket list, if you will. And that would, for me, would mean leaving Ankeny. So my bucket list probably not going to scratch a lot of them <laughs> off. But, um, you know, exactly. there's something about the Sun Bowl, Bama. Every time I watch that game and I see it, I see it, you know, we see it every year, right? Uh, CBS has yeah. got it and you're going to tune in. You're going to watch it. That setting is pretty pristine. It's it's one of the I think you don't see it very often, um, but one of the underrated settings in college football. Clearly, the game had a much higher profile uh, back in the day, and it certainly has lost that now. But boy, Sun Bowl is a great venue. Yeah, it seems to be Ken, and, and I I, th- I think that, and I thought I've never I've never been there. Obviously, I've been through El Paso, but never been to the stadium. Um, the way I had it described to me, I had I had a friend who went a couple, oh not a couple, several years back, and I, I said the same thing. You got the kind of mountain overlooking yeah. the stadium and all that kind of. Thing. You're like, man, that looks nice. And he he kind of equated it to I don't know if you've ever been to Augusta National. No. You look on TV and everything is pristine, right. but man, once you get outside <laughs> the, the gates, gates, you're looking at like, oh my god, uh-huh. where am I lost? Um, that's kind of how he described it to me. You know. Television, you know, they make it look mm-hmm. appealing and everything else. But when you you kind of get, you know, a mile outside of the stadium, and you know, you just you just want to kind of keep driving. I'll put it that way. But yeah, you're right. Visually, it plays great on television. Um, now they're not going to show the the parking <laughs> lot and maybe what's around it, but uh, when you when you have the the mountain kind of overlooking the thing, almost like uh, out in Provo, you know, you have the mm-hmm. mountain in the background it has the big U, you know U on it or whatever it is, and uh, that kind of thing, or big Y, I guess, and and um, yeah, I don't know if I would put it on my bucket list. <laughs> if you're gonna, I'm gonna put it this way, Ken. If you're gonna leave Ankeny, please don't want to be for all. <laughs> really? you know? Fair point. There's a few other places that you may want to go before you go to El Paso, <laughs> So the two decisions going to come on Monday. Any significance to the Monday date, or is it just uh, another weekend to think about it? I, I'm not real sure what's going on here, guys. I, listen, I think he's going to leave. I think he should I think leave. He should I've said leave. that all along. Me too. I think you. I don't. You, you talk about guaranteed money, and and I, I was listening to to Chris Sims on uh, with his show with Florio the other day, and and he made a good point, which is you know doesn't happen a lot, but <laughs> it, it's really for quarterbacks. It's about the second contract. I mean, whether you're in the first round or not, he's going to make a roster. He's going to. He's not going to get cut. Uh, whether he's a backup, whether he has to wait, whatever it is, whether he's, you know, red shirt or top five, it's a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you're 15, 20 versus 35, 36, yes, I know it's not guaranteed money, but nobody's going to draft him and give up on him. Um, I think there's just too much risk coming back. A couple of things, these two ankle injuries he's had. Um, listen, those are just high ankle sprains. Okay. But the way they were repaired was surgically, which is only Alabama's doing. So there's no there's no five year prognosis of you know you're putting a foreign body into your or foreign object into your body and you know it's kind of this rope thing that kind of ties the bone together and hmm. yeah you can get back and play within a month which he's done twice on each ankle but you know what, what's it doing to you long term and how's that going to heal and structurally and everything else and now of course we know he has the devastating hip injury so 
if he comes back and he gets hurt again, whether it's a legitimate hit or not, listen, you're going to hit in the NFL just by bigger, stronger, faster people. And if he gets hurt again, now all of a sudden he's injury prone. And, you know, now maybe right. he's a third or fourth round pick. And I just think if you're him, and there's a lot of buzz and anticipation and hope, I think, down here that he's going to come back and Judy's going to come back and Smith's going to come back and Ruggs is going to come and they're all going to make one more big run at it because they got unfinished business. And I just think that's, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I just, I, I would like to see him, as much as I'd love him to come back, because I think he's great for the game, I'd love to see him have a completely 100% healthy season to really see what he can do. Because I really think we've missed out on a, on a lot here with those four great receivers, with him at the controls over the last two years, getting a full season out of him. Uh, I think we've missed a lot, but, man, go on, take your money, get what you can get now, and go prove yourself. I just think there's way too much risk otherwise. I don't think there's any way in hell he gets out of the top ten. Miami at five, need a quarterback. Chargers at six, Phillip Rivers, they need a quarterback, even if they keep Rivers for another year. Carolina at seven, Cam Newton's days are not long for Carolina. I think there's any way, even if it is, like Jalen Smith with Notre Dame, get it to a different position, right? Dallas drafts him, they know he's going to miss the entire year. Look at the impact he has had on that defense. I, I think you right. have to come out, Bama. I really and truly do, and I couldn't agree what with you more. What about the Vikings? I mean, you got one more year of Kirk Cousins. I mean, okay. if he, if they you fall know, that far, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, if he fall, even if he were to fall into the twenties, you yeah. know, or whatever it is that Minnesota's going to be picking. Okay, you got one more year of Kirk Cousins. You're going to sign him for thirty five million again? I don't think so. Mm. Um, I, I just, I'm with you. I don't think there's any way he drops out of the first round. No way. guaranteed nope. four year money. I just don't think that's the case. Um, but even if it were worst case, to me, there's just way too much downside coming back because, listen, it's a devastating injury that he had. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows it. But you can't take another hit and another injury, and now you're injury prone because that's going to scare a lot of teams away. A fluke thing can happen at any time, which that hip injury was. Um but I just I think he needs to go get what he can get, and I'm with you. I don't think there's any way he's out of the first round. No way. I'm with you, Alabama. We got like 30 seconds left. Is there one bowl game since we've last spoken that you didn't think you'd enjoy? Maybe it's last night because that was a hell of a game. Is there another yeah, one? Night. Is there one game that uh, you know, kind of an under the radar that you couldn't turn off? Yeah, that one last night. Yeah. I mean, I was I was really surprised. I thought it had a chance to be good going in, and. It kind of lived up to it. Yeah. Now, you know, the way it started, you're like, man, this is not going well for three zips, six the, zip. Yeah, the coach made a. I think the Indiana coach made a mistake there, and at the end of the half, leaving some points on the. That board. was ridiculous. Uh, you know what? I'm glad you oh, brought that up. Awful. That was terrible. Yeah. You've got a timeout. You're going to spike right. the ball. I mean, come on. You got to be up there and thinking. Yeah. Glad you brought that yeah, up. Who knows if you completed or not? But right. I mean, at least take a shot. I mean, I, I don't know, but. That was a good one. I'll tell you, another team I'm, I'm, you know, depending on how you look at it, of course, Michigan laid the egg against Alabama, you know, yeah. the whole Harbaugh situation. How about Minnesota and P.J. That was great. I, mean, I did not think they would be able to score, put up 31 yep. with Davidson and Brown playing. Mm-hmm. And, man, you talk about the, the hottest coach right now. I know Lincoln Riley with the pros and all that, but, if man, if you are a Power 5 team, if you're not making a run at PJ Fleck, you're an idiot because that guy doing what he did 11 and 2 at Minnesota 
is is to me is just unbelievable job. And that was a fun game. I, you know, listen, call me a homer, whatever. I'm, I'm happy for Minnesota. Not really happy Auburn lost. I'm really happy for Minnesota and where we'll finish that season and all the excitement around that program. And that's another one. Can they sustain it? Yep. Are they going to be able to keep him and keep that momentum? Fair questions, Bama. Great stuff. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, Bama. Good to talk to you. Yeah, yeah we'll find something. <laughs> yes, we will. Can't quit you, Bama, right. Bob. Good to talk Thanks, to you. Thanks, Bama. See you, buddy. Take Have a good care, weekend. Guys. Thanks a lot. Yep. Happy New Year. And to you, Bama, Bob, as we talk college football. All right, we're going to give away barbecue next. Mm-hmm. First four callers, 284-5966. Got we, some brisket on Monday. We did, didn't we? After I ate it all weekend long. <laughs> it was so good. Isn't it terrific? Boy, Andy's staff out there in Altoona. Uh, we will give you four games. Well, the, the four wild card games. The tiebreaker is going to be uh, Iowa and Iowa State basketball. Their total points. That's the tiebreaker. First four calls. If you haven't won anything in the last 30 days, we'll give you an opportunity to win some barbecue from Claxons. 284-5966 Miller in Condon till noon. If you're getting a ring, you're in. If you get a busy signal, you'll have to wait until next week. We're back after these on 14 Second Solve Hunger. Eleven forty-five on a Friday. Let's get into Claxon's Claxon's Barbecue. You can find them online, claxonbbq.com, claxonbbq.com, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona, in business for over 20 years selling barbecue uh, in Altoona. Let's get Jason, Jake, Adam, and Jason B. So a couple of Jasons. Jason S. is going to go first. We'll give you four games in a tiebreaker. Whoever gets the most right will get a $35 Gift certificate, the runner-up gets 25. Jason S., how are you, sir? I'm doing great. You you too? Yeah, absolutely doing fine. Thank you for asking. All right, here we go. Houston, tomorrow, a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bills. And that's where again? In that, Houston. In, I'll take Houston. New England versus Tennessee. New England at home, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Ooh. I can't go with the Patriots. I can't. <laughs> Tennessee for you and Ryan Tannehill then. Uh, New Orleans yep. at home is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over the Vikings. I'll take New Orleans. Seattle is on the road in Philly. Seattle's a point-and-a-half favorite. Ooh. I'll still take Seattle. All right. Here's the tiebreaker, Jason. Iowa's and Iowa State's, just them, their total points tomorrow, closest without going over. Ooh. Um, I will take 120. 120. Jason, have a good weekend. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Jake is next. Jake, welcome to the program. How's things? Doing well on yourself. Doing fine. Thank you. Uh, the Texans, two and a half over the Bills. I'm actually going to take the Bills. Pats, five and a half over Tennessee. Pats. New Orleans, seven and a half over the Vikings. Hate to do it, but New Orleans is going to get revenge. I think they are, too. Seattle's a point and a half over Philly. Seattle. Hawks and Clones will combine to score how many points tomorrow closest without going over? Uh, 133. Jake, have a good weekend. You, too. Thank you. Adam is next with Miller and Condon. Hi, Adam. Hello. 
Uh, the Texans are a two and a half point favorite over the Bills. Uh, Texans. New England gives five and a half to the Titans. Uh, probably the Patriots. New Orleans, seven and a half. <laughs> Love the wave. Uh, I'll swallow hard and take the Patriots. Uh, New Orleans, seven and a half over Minnesota. Uh, New Orleans. Uh, Seattle, a point and a half over the Eagles. Seattle. And Iowa and Iowa State's total points closest without going over. Oh, one, 140. 140. Adam, have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank you. And Jason B. is the final contestant as we give away barbecue from Claxons. Hello, Jason. Hey. Uh, Houston's a two-and-a-half point favorite over Buffalo. Houston. New England, five-and-a-half over Tennessee. Uh, Patriots. New Orleans, seven-and-a-half over Minnesota. New Orleans. Seattle, a point-and-a-half over Philly. I'm going to take Philly. Okay. And uh, total points, clones and hawks tomorrow. Closest without going over. 137. Jason, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good to hear from you, and thank you to Claxon's Barbecue in Altoona. So before we do our picks. Yes. Uh, tomorrow the Hawks are on the road, Palestri in Philadelphia, taking on Penn State. You like Penn State tomorrow? I do. i uh concerned about the inside game for Penn State, hitting shots out there. I just got to see this team without Bohannon. Mm-hmm. They did it in a neutral court setting against Cincinnati. This is a better Penn State team, and this is not the same kind of neutral court. There is going to be certainly a lot more Penn State fans inside the building for this one. A lot of Philly kids playing in the Plester for Penn State. Cool environment. Really excited mm-hmm. for the game. Quaint environment. I do like the Penn State side. You? Uh Yes, but I mean, I I hope I'm wrong. How about know. Iowa State? See, TCU. this to me, Trent, is it's such a big game. It yeah. really is. For it's it's crazy to think these are two teams picked at the bottom, but be, just because of what we saw the last time the Clones took the floor, and they did it without Halliburton. Right. I want to see them bounce back. Look, it's not easy to win on the road anywhere uh, in the Big Twelve. Look at the run the Big Ten was on to start the year, but sure. with all of those home teams, regardless of where you were uh, in the pecking order, they were winning at home. That's the same way it is in the Big Twelve. TCU doesn't have. They don't have a very deep roster. No, not at all. I mean, somehow they're off to a decent start record-wise. I think kind of it's smoke and mirrors. Um, I think I was, I don't know. <laughs> Do you? I, I'm the same way. What's the number going to be? What does Ken Palm have? It? I would stay be favored, right? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Uh, no. They're not. TCU by five at Ken Palm. That many? That's what I thought, too. That seems, if that number comes out five, five and a half, I'm going to jump on Iowa State. I know that. With Halliburton back, I will jump on that number. I want to see Jacobson come to life. Bolton played well. I don't he know did. if that's because Halliburton wasn't in there. Uh, what would they do with Condit? Do they give him more minutes? Does Prome shake up the lineup? Does he start? Does he go four guard and stop playing with two bigs? Something well, they hadn't done until this year. Yeah, he's still got plenty of buttons to push. That's maybe mm-hmm. the good thing. Is this is a deeper team than some of the past teams, and you can play with some different combinations. And everybody was clamoring for that too, that two big lineup, right? <laughs> Guilty, yeah, indeed. Guilty. All right. Uh, so last week I was three and two. Yes, and you were three, three and, and two. two. So we didn't. I didn't gain any ground Still on you. Still two games back. Do you have five this week? Or are you going four. with four? You I'm only with... doing the wild cards. You don't have one college yeah, game. There's. I really don't. You got four to pick from. Three yeah. to pick from. No, no. I got nothing. I'm going to get another half game on you. Take it away. So I have to pick a game or I'm going to lose a game? Is that what you're doing, Commissioner Condon? You're going to lose a half game at the very least because I got a winner Monday night. 
All right. Well, let's get into the wild card games. And like a lot of our Claxons contestants, I'm going to take Houston to move on, lay the two and a half against Buffalo. I'm rooting for Buffalo, to be honest with you. I don't know any Houston fans, no couple of ball, uh, Buffalo fans. Uh, and I like Josh Allen a lot. I like Singletary, the running back. J.J. Watt's going to give this Texas team a boost. Deshaun Watson, I think, is bordering on entering that upper echelon of QBs. If he's not already there in the NFL, give me the Texans. Pick number one. I'm not going against Brady. They're going to lose two games at home in a row. No, I don't think so. Five and a half is the number. I just don't see it ending on a sour note. Not sure he's back next year there. I'll be a good off-season talker. Mm-hmm. But I will lay the five and a half and take New Orleans or take New England. I'm also going to take New Orleans. Seven and a half. I just I think this could get ugly. I really do. Thielen's not the same guy since he had the hamstring. Xavier Rhodes is uh, probably playing his last game uh, as a member of the Minnesota Vikings. He's just lost it and lost it very quickly. Kirk Cousins in prime time. Is Delvin Cook 100%? A lot of questions around that Vikings team. Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, I think they have their way tomorrow. I'll lay the 7.5. I've got four favorites, I just realized, because I like Seattle a lot. It'd be my best bet of the week, I think, Seattle, Trent. On the road at Philly, Russell Wilson. Yes, please. Give me the Seahawks, my four picks. All right, there they are. I'll give you a moment here if you do want to peruse those college games and see if you can come up with good a good one there. I do my college game, as I said, Monday. It comes in the Lending Tree Bowl. In fact, the last bowl game, because the national championship game is not considered a bowl game. Louisiana Lafayette's a lot better. The MAC has been awful this season. The MAC, though, they have a couple of victories in bowl games. It's been a down year for the conference. Louisiana Lafayette can go up and down the field. They're going to score. They are going to run away with this one. This thing seems destined for 49-14. There's no way Miami of Ohio can keep up. Rage of Cajuns on Monday. To the NFL, let's start with Saturday night. I'm with you, Ken. New England, I'm not going to fall for the trap. Tennessee, Derrick Henry can run the football. Things are looking great there. Do you trust Ryan Tannehill in New England? First time in a decade. They're playing wild card weekend. I know what happened last week against Miami. It doesn't happen again. I'll lay the points with New England. Pick number two from the divisional round. I'm about the Vikings still. Going to grab more really than a touchdown are. here. I'm going to go where my mouth has been this week and throughout the season with this Vikings team. They whimpered down the stretch. I get it. I think there's a good effort left in this Vikings team. I'm going to grab the 7.5 with Minnesota. To the late window Sunday, everybody is on the Seattle Seahawks, including Ken with his best bet. Not going that direction. I'm going to go the other way. We have seen this so many times. You go through the history of these kind of games. The team that sneaks in, the worst divisional team. They don't deserve to be there. All these different things that go out there. I just, Philadelphia's got a little playoff magic. It's happened the last couple of years. I think it extends here. Philly outright, but I'll grab the point and a half, two points that are out there with Philadelphia. My best bet, I hate to be with everybody else, but I am. It is Houston. I think it's just the right side here. You trust Allen in a playoff game? Not yet. I'm not ready for it. Not on the road. Going to be a crazy environment down there. I'm going to jump aboard. My best bet of the week, the Houston Texans, minus two and a half. Did you find a college game? I guess since I'm going to watch the game today, I'll give me the Bobcats. The Bobcats. Oh, Frank Solich. Frank Solich. Got an extension. He did. The Wolfpack have uh, not done well against the numbers last month, so I'll, I'll lay, what is it? I've got it's a day of favorites for me, a weekend of favorites. That. I'll get, I'll take the I'll take Ohio. So I've got last, five picks. Last two years in the NFL playoffs, I think the favorites are something like five and nineteen against the number. Are they really? Yeah. It all changes starting tomorrow, Trent. How about that? <laughs> Look at you. Uh Toel coming up at two. Murph and Andy will be here. 
I guess the president of the Buffalo Bills Des Moines chapter of their fan club, Scott Sipker, will it's be It's a Friday, yes. I'm sure he'll be wearing his Kyle Allen jersey and his stocking. In fact, I don't know if he wears jerseys. He's always got like a t-shirt. Does He's he? not a jersey kind of guy. Well, the Bills uh, the Bills Mafia, we'll see if uh, Sipker's post, I'm sure, will be a part of Murph and Andy. Today, Fanatics come your way at 4. Tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock in the morning, get up and don't miss the, uh, the pregame show with Emery Songer and Sean Roberts. They entertain from 8 until 10. Monday will be here before we know it and local programming starts as it should with the morning rush at six we're miller and condon weekdays from 10 to noon on des moines sports station 1460 kxno